Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. And hey, we're helping you turn your cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we are giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king. Listen, there is no mediator between you and God, but the one man, Christ Jesus. No one else is going to do, do this for you. And listen, he's wanting to have a vibrant, living, adventurous relationship with you. So he's helping you to get in the game, friend. Hallelujah. I think we did a podcast in our first year of doing these, something like get off the couch and get in the game or something like that. And I'm telling you, there is an adventure in the Lord for you, friend. And, uh, and I know that we talk to a lot of highly motivated people, but you, you know, maybe you're tuning in right now and you're like, I don't know what to do. Well, listen, God has a plan for you. And, uh, you know, through our podcast, through our ministry, through others, God will reveal that plan to you. And I'm telling you, he's wanting to not only just do something amazing in you, because you, as an individual, you are precious to him. Uh, but then he wants to uh, express that love that he has for you. He wants to express that through you to others so that they can get uh, established and connected with their Heavenly Father as well. And so, friend, we're just releasing our faith together with you, that God's doing something in you, that, that this podcast, other ministries and ministers are helping you, come on, to turn your city upside down. Wherever God has called you, you may be in the nations, whatever nation, whatever province, you know, wherever you're at, God wants to help you just, I mean, just, wow, just explosively go in and do uh, phenomenal, monumental things you know, I, I mean, from supernatural demonstrations to uh, as, as simply as just exhibiting, demonstrating the kingdom of God and his culture right there, right where you're at, friend. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we pray that uh, today will be a blessing to you. So I've been um, communicating a little bit along the lines of finishing strong with finishing fathers. I'm going to pick up a little bit on a few thoughts here today. And um uh, you know, I don't remember if I've already said this, so I'm, I'm going to say it now because even if I have, it bears repeating. But, you know, when we're talking about fathers and sons, um, we're, we're talking about how God had chose to reveal himself. He could have chose any anything, uh, but he chose to reveal himself in the uh, using the terms and in the context of a father and son relationship. We understand that there's a heavenly father, okay? And you only know that. Uh, because um, uh, when you were born again, okay, when, when, when you became alive unto God, Holy Spirit revealed to you, uh, m maybe we could say this, he, uh, he restored to you uh, the knowledge that creator is not just creator, he's not just this whatever, this thing, uh, but he is father. And Holy Spirit did that. We found that out in Romans that when you were born again, Holy Spirit, the one that was utilized to recreate your spirit. Yeah, simultaneously, in that recreating of your spirit, when you became alive unto God, Holy Spirit revealed something to you, that that creator is Abba. He's Father. And uh, that's how 
uh, Father God. That's how Creator chose to reveal Himself. How does He work? What is He? How does He move? What is His essence? How does He think? How does He live? He chose to reveal Himself in uh, in that context, and then and then we found out that this relationship dynamic, this revelation of who He is, would be expressed towards a Son. And so we're seeing some spiritual reality, some spiritual laws, if you will, of how things work in the spirit. We're coming to the knowledge of them so that we can take advantage of them. I, people have a hard time when I say that. Just calm your little religious you know, self down here. But it's okay to take advantage of spiritual laws. They're intended to do that. We're not talking about perverting them or you know, being somehow deceptive or manipulative in this way. Uh, but yet, once we recognize how something works in the Spirit, God intended that we would utilize it, uh, that we would gain mastery over it. Now, when he said in Matthew that he said, I will give you keys. Now, listen, I'm not arguing the context. I am not arguing what he was expressing there. He was talking about, I'm going to build this ecclesia, the, the church, what most people know it as. Uh, but he, he, the, 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 the Greek word and the actual intention of what he was saying there is, I'm going to establish this ecclesia. He said, you, you see it out here in secular culture. He said, I'm going to have one of those, and this is what they're going to do. Now, he said to this ecclesia, I'm going to give you keys. I'm not arguing that. Uh, I completely understand the context there. I agree with it. These, these keys, uh, you know, it'll bind and loose, you know, uh, keys represent authority, et cetera. Well, I... I believe that Holy Spirit added a nuance to that, okay? I'm not taking away from that context, but just let me let me give you this, okay? You can agree with it or not. But when he said, listen, I'm going to raise up this ecclesia, okay? And, and, you know, we've come to understand that uh, this is a mature function, okay? Then you see in Romans that uh, the mature ones are led of the Spirit. All right. So who gets the keys? Well, babies don't get keys. I don't give my kids the keys to my car. They don't, ha- they don't carry around a key to my house be- because they've, they're not at a place yet, uh, a responsible place. There's, there's, there's not an understanding. There's not a wisdom that they're operating with yet uh, to where they would steward these keys, okay? And, uh, and I've come to understand, Holy Spirit added this nuance to me, that these keys also represent how things work in the spirit. Listen, when Father gave everything to Jesus, everything, the name above all names, he gave all authority in the heavens and the earth to Jesus, I believe part of that is the knowledge of how things work in the spirit. Listen, um, creator God, can you imagine this, that the creator literally uh, downloaded, or let's say invested, or um, maybe even deeper than that, like like in the DNA, okay, and, and he set this thing to unlock where it would just be part of him. The understanding of how it all works that inheritance, if you will, that came from the creator. Can you imagine how potent, how powerful, how privileged that is? I believe that we are coming into that kind of knowledge. That's part of our inheritance is the knowledge of how things work in the spirit. Um, Because once you understand from a creator level, from a creator standpoint, 
now you can un understand how to utilize certain things to your advantage rather than you serving it through lack of knowledge now your knowledge your perception your the depth of understanding the positional relationship to a thing now the thing serves you and that's what these spiritual laws are intended to do that's that's part of our inheritance as being a joint heir with christ jesus is that these things would serve us rather than we serve them now a lot of people this isn't my podcast today but let's go ahead and talk talk this out hallelujah most people are in a completely different relationship to certain spiritual laws um rather than them utilizing these spiritual laws because of their lack of understanding or their ignorance to them uh, they're in a wrong relationship. They're they're wrongly positioned to these things, and therefore they they don't have the advantage. They don't know how to take the advantage that these laws are offering. Um, for example, uh, is man to serve the Sabbath, or is the Sabbath to serve man? You understand what Jesus was saying there. Listen, when when you come up to your place of inheritance where the knowledge of these things is opened up unto you, uh, where the revelation of how a thing works. Uh, uh, let's see here. Um, George Washington Carver. If you've never read the book, The Man That Talks With Flowers, it's an easy read. I'm, I'm looking at my, I've got a bookshelf here just to the left in the studio if you're watching me. Uh, I'm looking because I used to have several copies of that book here because I, I would give it out. I've, I've given them all the way, it looks like. But it's an easy read. Uh, you can get the book, you know, look, look, look for it online. The Man That Talks With Flowers. And it's a phenomenal story. And uh, it's about this, this, this man that would go into his study. He would go into his office. And, and there's a quote in there. And he said that he never took any textbooks in there. He just took his Bible because he would get to this place. He would open up his Bible. He would begin to worship the creator. He would begin to worship the Lord. And this is what he said. And I don't have the book in front of me, so I, I may misquote this slightly, but this is the gist of what he was saying. He said, as I began to worship the creator, he said, the creator would open up unto me. He would reveal to me how things work. And literally, this is how he discovered how the soybean works, how the peanut works. He said it, 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 it would be as if he would, he would be sitting there, have his Bible on his desk. He, he would have his Bible open. And he said it was as if he would be caught up in this vision. Uh, he would be taken into this spiritual place. He would be overwhelmed by a spiritual dimension. And it was like blueprints would appear and he would see the soybean or flowers he would see these flowers and he would see these flowers being broke down and uh you know if you've seen any modern movies um oh man i'm trying to think of of one here you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm not a huge movie, movie watcher but um uh, uh iron man i think iron man um the guy in the movie um Oh, I, I don't even know his name, but 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 the 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 character of Iron Man, he was this smart guy, and he had this computer that helped him named Jarvis, and it and in and in the movie, you know, they're trying to say, hey, here's what technology is going to look like in the future, or whatever. But but this computer wasn't like the computers you and I have. I have a laptop here on my desk, uh, in the studio, and you know, it's this 
it's this piece of metal. It's got a screen and it's lit, and I get, and I can see it. But this computer in this movie, this Jarvis, this interactive com, com, computer, was like holographic, right? Where, where it was like floating in the air. If if you can imagine with me, and if you've seen the movie, you 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 know what I'm talking about. And other movies have displayed computer technology and interactive things in similar way but it's like this hologram it was floating in thin air and and it's like he could just move these things in front of him and click he didn't need a mouse you know he just put his hands here and he could move these things around and click and then this little element of the iron man suit would just all all of a sudden he saw it as a complete and he'd click on it and it would break up into it all uh, uh, into its individual pieces well this is kind of how this guy was explaining this in the spirit he was seeing this flower or the soybean literally broke down into its elements. What was the creator doing? I'm revealing to you how it's all assembled. I I am giving you the knowledge. I'm showing you the creator, the inventor, if you will. He allowed for this man to be able to see all the levels of how this thing, you know, you and I just look at a flower and we see the color and the petals and the stem and you and I have very little knowledge of how it all works. You know, we look at the soybean and we have very little knowledge, the peanut or whatever, and we have very little knowledge. I mean, we have some understanding of, but yet when this was broke down to this man, he was able to see the different elements, the components on a blueprint level. And from there, from that revelation knowledge, He was able to take this element, that element, and I think with the soybean, he came up with 300 different uses for the soybean. Uh, I think George Washington Carver was uh, uh, credited with uh, barn red, you know? Uh, You see all these barns out here that are red? Well, he discovered that through these these natural things. Let me see here. The Man Who Talks With Flowers. Phenomenal book. Uh, it's the story of Dr. George Washington Carver by Glenn Clark. The author is Glenn Clark. It's an easy read, but it would be well worth it. And he talks about how the Lord began to deal with him, that if he would lean not on his own understanding, but in all of his ways acknowledge him, God would direct direct his path. And that was a that was a foundational revelation that he used to take his Bible into his study. He said, I, I took no textbooks in there. I took no other textbooks in there. He took his Bible in there. And when he came out of his study, He had revelation knowledge of how something worked. That's what I'm talking about right now. This is part of our inheritance. And uh, we're coming into a time. Oh, man, time is such an elusive word. Um, I don't even know what to say. Season, time. We do know that we're in an era. And in particularly in this era, there are certain things that are available to us that wasn't available to us before. Now, let me take a moment here and explain that because a lot of people struggle with that. Um because we go from faith to faith, glory to glory. You don't, nobody, nobody has lived. Um, nobody has been developed. Uh, let me see here. Nobody has come into the level of inheritance. You're, you don't come into uh, the fullness of your inheritance until the time appointed by the Father. That's Galatians 4. I mean, people, you, you are not where you think you are, but we are going where we've never been before because there's been laborers before us. Um, John 4, I love, I love this passage. I talk about this a lot, but it's paradigmatic because we enter into the labors of another. And in John 4 specifically, uh, particularly, he said uh, in context there, 
I'm placing you into a harvest time, meaning you are now in a work that's dependent upon work that has gone on before you. So if, 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 if you look at what God has done, New Testament, if you look at what he's done as far as the building, the bride, the body, it's, it's, it's been in a development over a longer period of time than you and I have been alive. But we've gone from faith to faith, glory to glory, grace upon grace. What's required? The latest faith right right now. And so many people, and I'm, a, I'm not blaming you, I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking of anybody, but generally speaking, when you look at the body of Christ, it seems like we haven't been taking advantage of where we're at because we don't know how to locate and utilize the latest faith. You know, so many people have this, you know, they're going back to a thing, going back to a thing, going back to a thing. Well, 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 listen, we're not diminishing that. In fact, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be where we are today, but we're to build upon that. We're not to go back and relive it. Um, like I said this Sunday, uh, and you should get a hold of that. Um, I will uh, I will link it in the uh, description of this podcast, but I did a message called Finishing Strong with Finishing Fathers, and we looked at the thought of inheritance. And uh, we said this, that, you know what? Uh, there's not going to be another Azusa Street. Uh, Azusa, though, accomplished its mission. Azusa had to happen. They had to labor in that level of glory in order to set the stage for another level of glory to come. Um, the healing revival, the charismatic renewals, um, you know, the, the uh, different Brownsville even, you know, the Pensacola, Florida revival. We don't want to go back and relive it. It's phenomenal. I was in Brownsville. I mean, it, it was it, it was transformational. It was phenomenal. It was revolutionary. Uh, I mean, it was so uh, it was so glorious. But yet, we don't want to go back and redo it because it served its purpose. It fulfilled its mission. It had to happen because without it, we couldn't have gone on to faith to faith. We we couldn't go on to glory to glory. We couldn't go from grace to grace. And so we look back because we're learning, we're gleaning, we're recognizing the substructure that it laid. You, you understand that? If we were looking at a, um, if we were looking at the blueprints of a four-story building, say, um, Christ is the foundation and upon that we build. Uh, but if we were looking at this blueprint of a four-story building, we'd have to say, where are we in history? We're not at the first floor. Uh, we're not at the second floor. We are not building on the third floor. I'm telling you right now, we are putting the finishing touches on the four, for fourth, excuse me, fourth floor. Now, Christ is, uh, he's called the Rosh Panah, okay? That, that, that's stone, okay? But, but he's the cornerstone. He's the foundation stone. He's the foundation. But in that word is also the capstone. Everything is circular, all right, I don't have time to go into that. He will. He he comes back around. He finishes with the thing that he began with. They understood that. Uh, you can see that Jesus was talking to the disciples in the Gospels, and they were having this question. And, and he said, "Well, it you know it because it starts and ends. It it's circular." And they go, "Oh yeah, we understand now. Look at that. That that'll help you in a lot of things." But it began with Christ, and how will we know it's finished when Christ Himself? puts on the roof or the capstone. He began it. He'll finish it. You and I are laboring to fill it out. And uh, so we are on the fourth floor putting the finishing touches. Christ is about to put on the capstone. The reason why I say that 
is because we're coming into uh, a demonstration of the totality of the structure. You know, those who labored in the first floor were unable to benefit from the totality of the structure because the structure wasn't built yet. Even those on the third floor, there is more demonstration because there's more of the, there's more of the building. Uh, the first floor may be livable, say. Second floor may have been open for um, interaction, but the totality of the structure hasn't been accomplished. And so there's a limiting, and that's probably the, the wrong word, uh, but I think you understand what I'm saying. It's limited in this sense is that you can't, you can't demonstrate what the thing can do synergistically when it's not complete. We are coming into a fullness, hallelujah. And so we don't want to look back and try and relive the glory days. No, we've gone on to another uh, level of glory. That is intact. Uh, and we needed that. And we wouldn't be here today without that. But we're building upon that. And so when the totality of the structure is open for a demonstration, you mark my words, you're, you're going to see uh, people will say, oh, look at, that I read about yet yeah, because when when the when the when the house is finished the first floor now still operates second floor still operates third floor now is operating now you now you have full access to the fourth floor and guess what now all these floors work together in a synergy you're you're going to see a resurgence if you will uh, you're going to see an Azusa, if you will. You're going to see all these moves. You're going to see a Brownsville, if you will, because we built upon these things. All these things now are working together to uh, pay it forward. Okay, that may be a poor way of saying that, but to 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 push forward now into this faith upon faith, glory upon glory, us grace upon grace. I think a psalm says strength upon strength. Hallelujah. Oh, we are coming into glorious demonstrations and displays. It is absolutely phenomenal, friends, where you and I are in history. This is our work. This is our work. What are you and I supposed to be doing? Putting the finishing touches on, on the first floor, preparing ourselves to literally taste of the totality now of the structure being in a complete or a full stature, okay, or a fullness, okay? So when we say last days, end, end, end of days, fullness of the times, we're talking about this accomplishing of the plan of God, bringing us into the full stature, bringing us into the finishing of the uh, building, the temple, bringing us into a glorious uh, posture as the bride. Hallelujah. Listen, we're, we're not completely united with our husbandmen yet uh, because... Um, He's not a he's not a pedophile. Uh, we have to come into our season where we're ready for marriage. Hallelujah! I feel like I'm all over the place, but I think I'm answering questions. <laughs> Hallelujah! Uh, let me give you this since I just referenced that. Remember in the song in Song of Solomon's, there was this uh, passage where uh, there was these brothers and they were recognizing that they had a sister who had no breasts, uh, and and then like in one verse. She was immature, and then a few verses later, she's mature. Listen, Jesus has not taken unto himself a bride that is immature. <laughs> now, there's other religions that believe in that garbage. 
there there are other antichrist operations that are taking before something's ready. Jesus isn't doing that, but we are coming into, listen, it's going to be like one day we were immature and then suddenly the next day, boom, we're ready now for marriage. That's what Song of Solomon was saying. It was giving us a prophetic picture uh, that, you know, when you're, uh, when you're looking at, um, uh, like the brothers in, in that passage, they're looking at their sister and they're going, yeah, she's, she's not ready yet. She's, she's not ready. They're, they're protecting her. And then, you know, what, what they don't see is on the minute level, this maturing happening, things going on in the body, things going on in the mind, the, the processes, the electrical, chemical, the uh, hormonal processes that are working behind the scenes, behind the scenes, behind the scenes, behind the scenes. People are looking at the out, the outward, the outward, the outward, the outward. But behind the scenes, something's happening. Something's changing. We're, we're, we're going from faith to faith. Glory to glory. People are looking on the outside. It's going, well, I don't see revival. I don't see revival. People are looking on the outside saying, I don't see what you're saying. I don't see what you're saying. I don't see what you're, well, because you're naturally minded. You're naturally minded. You're naturally minded. You're naturally minded. But on the inside, on the inside, come on, something's happening. We're going from faith to faith. We're going from glory to glory. I'm telling you, in the body of Christ, there, there, there is a level of glory. There is a faith at work in the body of Christ right now. Now, on the outside, on the outside, we're not finished yet. On, on, on the outside, and people are prejudging or holding us back or all this kind of stuff. They're going, well, you know, and maybe even some are doing it out of um, trying to protect us even, you know, like, like these brothers, you know, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, something's, something's, something's maturing, something's maturing, something's increasing, something's growing, something's dimming, uh, you know, it's, it's percolating, something, we have come up, hallelujah. We are further, we are further than we were in Azusa, friends. Oh, I'm telling you, since Brownsville, thank God for Brownsville. Thank God for Toronto, for all these other moves, you know, and I've heard of other ones here, other ones there, other ones here, other ones there. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. You know why? It's moving us. It's moving us. It's moving us. Every time there's, 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 there's something that we see, that we recognize, that we pick up on. I'm telling you, you should get excited about it. It is proof that we're moving. Something's growing. We're coming into the stature. Come on, this building is getting complete. And come on, the bride is getting mature. I'm telling you, just like those brothers in the Song of Solomon, one day they're going to look and go, man, this is our little sister. She's not ready for our marriage yet. And I'm telling you, the next time they look, they're going to go, whoa, whoa, what happened? Well, she's mature. Hallelujah. And to you, it may have been it happened overnight, but I'm telling you, God was working. He's been working. He's been moving. Come on. Oh, I'm, I'm preaching myself happy right now. I'm telling you, that's what's happening. And you and I, part of our work, part of our work, it's part of our inheritance. This is why I've been talking about finishing strong with finishing fathers. I'm telling you, they're already in the earth. They're already in the earth. These finishing fathers, the, the, these, are, these, are, these are strategic key people that God has already set into the earth to help us bring this thing, bring it home. Hallelujah. Men and women that know that know they they've got blueprint they know come on they know what's required to get this fourth floor done men and women that know uh kind of that, uh for example uh esther she was assigned what she was assigned somebody there was a eunuch come on holy spirit i mean above anybody we've got holy spirit 
and he's working to do what? He knows exactly what the king wants. He knows exactly what the king needs. He knows exactly how to bring this woman. Come on, how to bring the bride. He knows exactly, you know, if you use that metaphor, metaphorically speaking, okay, there is no cosmic sexual relationship intended here. But metaphorically speaking, he's revealed himself in, 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 in these ways, the major metaphors, the, the bride, then the body, and then the building, the temple, the body of Christ, the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Most High, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then the bride. And so like, like, like if you take Esther's story and then you take this eunuch who's been assigned, hallelujah, listen, he's a eunuch because he's specifically equipped to not take advantage, come on, of the king's bride. But he knows exactly what the king wants. He knows exactly what the king needs and he knows exactly how to prepare her to be received by the king. And so we've, we, there are like that, like that in dimensionally, uh, that's probably the, the wrong word. Um, the outworking of that, uh, there are men and women that have, have that in our life, these fathers and they, and they're equipped, uh, to help those of us who are working in this, in this dimension, those of us who are working on the fourth floor, uh, they may be different fathers than the ones that labored on the first floor. You understand? Some of them have already gone on, uh, and they're anticipating uh, receiving their reward for what they accomplished on the first floor because of those who will bring it all to a close by finishing their work on the first, fourth floor, if, if it's just four floors. You understand what I'm saying? I made that up, but I don't mean that to be prophetic. Maybe it is. I don't think it is. Um, but, but I just use that as, as, as an example. And so there are finishing fathers, come on, finishing fathers that, 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 that know they know they're equipped. They have blueprints for what's required to wrap up this remaining floor. Uh, they know exactly what must be done. Uh, what kind of preparation, come on, uh, that Esther's, for example, need to go through. Uh, they know exactly how to get these, uh, these men and women uh, into the stature of Christ Jesus. You know, they know how, how what needs to develop so that we can come into the fullness. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. And then what's, what's the ultimate inheritance? Somehow I got off this a couple miles back. But I was talking about how things work in the Spirit. This is our work. This is part of our, our, our inheritance. We're coming into mastery. We're coming into mastery. And we've, we've seen glimpses. Hallelujah. For example, George Washington Carver, he needed to labor in that. Why? Because part of his labor, come on, is what's making it possible for you and I to have this level. Ah, level, level. Maybe, maybe not the right word. To have this dimension. Uh, to able to get up into this operation of how things work in the spirit. I'm telling you, I, I want to be able to sit down with the Lord. Come on. And there'll be an, um, it, 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 it doesn't even have to be a problem. I mean, God revealed to him the flower on an atomical level, not because there was a problem with flowers, but because of uh, his position. <laughs> hallelujah thank you jesus it was part of his inheritance it wasn't a problem he was fixing with flowers it wasn't a problem he had with soybean that's that's why i like this guy's story 
Now, you could sit down over a problem and still have this dimension of revelation for the solving of that problem. But I'm saying, while there are lots of problems, that there has to be, and maybe it's you, friend, there has to be those who are able to receive of their inheritance and have knowledge of how things work. And we can develop new things. Listen, the men and women that got revelation knowledge on how flight works wasn't necessarily to solve a problem. I guess you could say that the problem was our lack of knowledge of flying. Okay, well, all right. However you want to phrase that, that's fine. If you want to be exacting. Uh, but what a gift. Listen, you understand that the laws that govern flight were active in Jesus's day, yet no one took a plane anywhere. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody had to receive a download. Somebody's. I mean, there was a lot of somebody's, but somebody had to receive a download. Come on. How things work. Because the relationship is that we shouldn't be subservient to these laws. But this knowledge, this inheritance now would work the other way. These things would serve us. Who? The heirs. These, this knowledge of how things work was set up to serve who? The heirs. The heirs of salvation. You and me. They ultimately serve Jesus. And because we're united with him, we're one with him, we're located positionally in his body, these things are to serve us. Part of our inheritance, come on, is the knowledge of all things. Uh, what do you say in Second, Second John, 1 John 2? I have an unction from the Holy One. And I what? And I know all things. Why? because you've been given that. It's your right. It's your privilege. Now, we, we are further today than we've ever been. Daniel even said it. Listen, there was a time where uh, understanding is going to abound. Why? Because it's progressive in a sense as we're coming into a place where we can steward now our inheritance. Um, you know, those of you that are really familiar with, um, oh, the... Um, uh, topics of sonship, fathering, leadership, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then you'll understand what I'm saying here is the this revelation of father, okay? Because inheritance only transfers from a father to a son. So that's why you and I understand this relationship that there's the heavenly father and then there's Jesus, his only begotten son. Well, it's because everything that the father had, he wanted to get over to somebody. And so he he said, now I don't mean to be cold or mechanical in using these terms, but it'll help some of you, okay? Um, but the mechanism by which all that transfers is through inheritance. And so, and then the two postures that have to be taken on is the one of the father, that's that's the transmitting side of it, and then son is the receiving side of that. That transfer is called inheritance. And so when you and I were born again, uh, we were born into the image and the likeness of, of a what? of a son. Okay. This is why we are uniquely united with Christ Jesus, because you and I, this is father's plan. You and I are uniquely, uh, uniquely destined to receive everything that the father has. I mean, we even have a, I mean, we even have a personal helper. Uh, we have the spirit of the Lord. Oh man. John, um, 14, 15, 16, 17. I just love that whole passage of scriptures because it's revealing to us this gift. Oh, man. I mean, what a gift uh, um, of Holy Spirit. That is what? 
taking of what is his and revealing it unto us. But you understand it's been in, in a progression. There have been those that in their time they've been faithful and they've pressed on and they've walked in places. They've walked in places. Um, but you understand that God was going to raise up. He's bringing many sons to glory, okay? Uh, you know, you know. when I look at some of the generals, we call them generals, um, when you look at some of these men and women that have walked with God, um, there's a passage in the Old Testament that, um, oh, man, I have to get the uh, reference. You'll, you'll have to look it up. I can't think of the reference off, off the top of my head, but, but, but it was an invitation that they would be taken, they would be taken, and God would show them uh, he would show them heavenly things. He he would take them into the secret things. I I mean we there is no telling where some of these men and women of God have have, have been as God has revealed Himself and 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 put it in in the Bible so that you and I today would see God's intention. We would see His overall trajectory of what He's doing. He didn't treat so and so any more special than than you and I, but yet He was He was leaving us some. Um, uh, trail of breadcrumbs, if if you will, stirring us, uh, revealing to us, this is where I want to take you. I am working with you even. I'm working down through the ages. I'm working down through uh, uh, this, this, this timeline here. And here's my ultimate destination. Here's, here's what I'm doing in you. And I'm going to, and there's, there's types in the Old Testament of this happening. Uh, then there's men and women that have gone on before us uh, and they are they 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 their labor. Come on, um, their labor of faith was a gift in a lot of ways. It did something in us. It, it it allowed faith to come in us to see where God was going to take us all. He was going to take us all here. We're all headed here in Christ Jesus. We're all headed here to to what coming into the fullness of our inheritance. Everything that Father has, everything that Father has, everything that Father is. I mean, we're already seeing it like in, uh, was it John 5? Um, let me read this. I love this verse. Absolutely love this. Love this verse. What is it? John, um, yeah, John 5, 26. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. We could easily say without disparaging the scripture here or taking away or damaging the contextual elements here that even as the father has life in himself, he has granted that the sons have life in themselves. Listen, the father, our inheritance uh, is, 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 is coming into uh, and with. It's not over. It's not over. Heavenly Father isn't passing away. He's not dying, and then we're going to go to his funeral, and then we're going to figure out what to do with what he's left us. No, 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 no. He's invited us into our inheritance, and then guess what? Jesus is seated where? At the right hand of the Father. <laughs> oh, man, such a good dad. We are going to join. Uh, we're going to enter into a fullness of our inheritance and yet be able to live out into eternity working hand-in-hand hand with our Father. Hallelujah. Oh, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. Now, listen, don't miss what the Holy Spirit was trying to get over to you today in what was being talked about and revealed through the story of George Washington Carver. 
keys yes yes i mean in matthew right there it, yeah that it, it definitely pertains to that but it's more than that and i am actually you know as i sit here and i ponder i am like wow what 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 oh, I mean, oh, there is more there there is more just just because this is all we've known doesn't mean that's all there is i mean can you think about it as we're coming into glory? All right. So another way of coming into maturity is is saying you're coming into glory. Um, I have a perspective. It doesn't matter if you do, don't agree. That's fine. It's not a salvation issue. Um, but this glorious demonstration, this awakening that everybody is anticipating has nothing to do with the tribulation. Uh, it has everything to do with the fullness of the times. It has everything to do with uh, the building. Listen, if you look at the Old Testament, pattern when did the glory of the lord fill the temple now there was two two very particular passages that deal with this there was the uh there was the tabernacle in the wilderness and then there was um solomon's temple and every time go back and look at this every time when did the glory fill the temple that's right it filled it when it was completed the glory didn't fill it before it was completed. There was glorious elements. I'm not saying that. But every time, in both of those passages of Scripture, go back and read them, okay? In the tabernacle in the wilderness and then in Solomon's temple, the glory did not fill the temple until it was accomplished. Uh, and then, um, so when you're talking about a, a bride, you know, when I go back and I look at uh, some pictures of uh, my wife and I's wedding day, we're both glow glowing. Listen, there's just something about it. I mean, there's something glorious about the day that a bride is united with her husband. There's something about that time when you're coming into that season where you are anticipating uh, this um, uniting with your husband. Uh, everybody's glowing, <laughs> right? I, I mean, I was glowing. She was glowing. Other people were glowing. I mean, it was a glorious day. Uh, all right, so that settles that metaphor there. Um, and then the body. Can you, can you think about coming into the fullness of the stature of the Lord Jesus Christ? Fullness of the stature, meaning, you know, you're not just at knee level. You're not just at waist level. You're not just at shoulder level. Like our invitation is to come up into the fullness, the full pattern, the full stature. And, and, and so at the completion of this thing or at the maturity, at the fullness of the times, at the end of the building, at the fullness, the last days of the patterning. You understand where I'm going here? When you come into that, another way of saying that is glory. It has nothing to do with the tribulation. There will be a dim, a, uh, there will be a demonstrative, there will be an outworking of glory. It has nothing to do with the tribulation. Uh, and it's, the tribulation is not catalytic for it either. Um, you know, uh, think about, you know, the Esther, say, for example here. You know, here she did, she spent six months, you know, this amount of time, that amount, bathing in these oils, bathing in these waters, the cleansing, the purifying, come on, the endowing of, of these spices, right? These, uh, this preparation, 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 a clean, smell good, uh, soaking, bathing, uh, immersion, and somebody can take that wherever you need to take it. There's more there, right? That's that's what I'm thinking of at the moment. Only to get to the end of that time, and right before being presented to the Father, 
they throw her out to a gang to beat to beat her up, throw cow poop at her, and to throw stones at her, and to hit her with sticks, because somehow that's catalytic to bringing out all the work that went on before. Like this is like that's the capstone before she's presented to the king to go through all this, only to have a time of tribulation. No, it doesn't work like that. It never will work like that. Um, and it's not going to work like that. So the the awakening, the glory, see, the awakening is a derivative of glory. The awakening um, is catalytic in this sense, is because uh, we are coming into, we are coming into, come on, the knowledge of how things work in the spirit. Therefore, our outworking on the earth is going to be dramatically affected. You're, you're going to learn something today that is going to so benefit you that's going to so equip you that your outworking, your productivity tomorrow will be dramatically altered. That's what I'm saying. That which we are coming into, that which we have been working towards, people can't see it because you're looking on the outside. You're looking at it through the eyes of the flesh, and you're not going to see it. You're going to look at me one day. You're going to turn away because you don't see anything, so you're not going to pay me any attention. But I'm telling you, when you come back by and you look at me again, you're going to see that I've changed. Uh, let me give you a little example here. Uh, so we went to Florida at the end of the year. We left like, um, I don't know what it was, December the 26th or something. We didn't return home till January the 17th. And uh, so, you know, what, what is that? Two weeks, three weeks, something like that. Well, two of my littlest children were left at home with their grandparents. Okay. And uh, I saw them before I left. Okay. And that image was kind of ingrained in my mind, if, if, if you will. Well, over a three-week period, because things were going on on the inside of them, by the next time I saw them, they looked different. I walked in, almost cried a little bit because I was like, wow, look at what transpired in just three weeks. Listen, people are looking at the body of Christ, turning away because they don't like what they see. But I'm telling you, the next time you glance over at me, I'm going to be in a different place. Something's going on on the inside of me. The agency of the Word of God. If we could say it like this, the intelligence of his word is doing something on the inside of me. The agency of his spirit on the inside of me is doing something on the inside of me. Listen, I'm not just this body. The body of Christ isn't brick and mortar. The body of Christ isn't just just uh, natural flesh. There is a spirit on the inside of it. And God's highly invested in that. And, you know, so you're going to look at me one day, you're going to turn away. But you come back in a month. You come back in three weeks. You come back in a year. I'm telling you, I'll be in a different place. Something's going in us, growing in us, developing in us. He's fully invested in it. His spirit's fully invested in it. The agency of that is fully invested in it. You know, this is Mark 4. It's like the guy who sowed the seed and uh, uh, went to sleep, woke up the next day. He didn't see anything. Okay, he goes to sleep the next day, woke up the next day, goes out and look. Well, he doesn't see anything. Goes to sleep, right? What's he do? Eventually, something breaks through the ground. And the Bible says, Mark 4, he doesn't know how, meaning he's not directly in control of that. Now, he, he can hinder it in some sense. He could dig up that seed. But, but listen to what I'm saying. There's an agency in that seed. And as soon as that seed hits, hits the ground, okay, the ground is established in such a way that when a seed hits it, it automatically, we could say it like this, involuntarily, okay, goes to work. There's something that just begins to happen. And should nothing alter that process, should the guy protect the seed, 
Listen, some people have protected the seed of what the Lord's doing. You may not have, and so you may not be as far along as someone else. But I'm telling you, if you want to use the remnant, what are those people? It's those people who's, who's protected what God has done, and praise God for them. And I pray I'm in that company. I pray you're in that company. But I'm telling you, there are people who have protected the seed of what God's doing. And I'm telling you, there's a demonstration coming. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we don't need the Antichrist to help. And we don't need the tribulation to help with that. Hallelujah. You want to avoid that if all possible. <laughs> but let's get back to this. So uh, there's, a, there's, there's a glory. And because of the glory, because now more of what he's been doing is available to us, the result of glory, the result of maturity, the result of how the knowledge of how things work in the spirit. I'm telling you, the awakening that we're all talking about is the result of, come on, it's the result of this synergy, this place of maturity, the knowledge, okay, First Peter, how do you walk in the divine nature? Knowledge, knowledge. It comes through knowledge. It comes through knowledge. Listen, we're flying at supersonic speed now. We didn't start there, but we're there now. Why? Because of knowledge. One revelation of a law. Come on. When he broke it, when, when, when he parsed it through, come on, privilege, nobody sneaks in there and steals God's secrets. It doesn't happen. And no devil in hell knows anything about tomorrow. They have projections, predictions, but they don't have actual functioning revelation knowledge. But you and I are getting invited into this place. You and I are going to be functioning in this place. This is our work. Hallelujah. But you got to understand that when they started flying, they had these little, I mean, these planes were, I mean, the planes were made out of wood and fabric. You're not going to fly 700 miles. You're not going to fly Mach 1, Mach 2. You're not going to fly uh, at those speeds with a plane that's just made out of toothpicks and, um, you know, your some underwear you don't need. We have gone, what, we've been able to, come on, get, get, we've been able to take advantage as more revelation of how things work has been downloaded. We've been invited into it. Can you imagine where we're at right now, friend? Can you imagine where we're at right now? And listen, we're not coming to this place, to this place of uh, glory, which is holy. Uh, we are not coming to this place. You know, second uh, was it Second Timothy where he says, "Cleanse yourself from the latter." Listen, Father is not going to allow that that effort, that work of the Spirit in you. He's not taking this white raiment, say, and throwing you to the pigs. I don't know what people think. Uh, when they think, well, I can tell you what they think. They are they are confusing the tribulation with perilous times. They're confusing the tribulation with Second Timothy chapter three, Kalipos times. Uh, the reason why you and I are going through Kalipo because Jesus the head already encountered it in the book of Matthew. As the head goes, so goes the uh, body. You don't see Jesus going through tribulation period. You don't see him being thrown. You don't see him being thrown to the pigs. Uh, neither are you and me because we're connected to the body. We're, we're going as the, the body goes. And if you go back to Joshua and uh, you look at, um, you look at uh, where he said, you've never been this way before, but, uh, but we're going this way now. And the Lord told him, put the Ark of the Covenant out ahead of you. Listen, 
we're going the way of glory. We've never been this way before, but we are following after, come on, following after what? We're following after the presence of the glory of the Lord. That's, that's our trajectory. And uh, the bride's not being tossed to a bunch of thugs to get beat up and raped before she's united with her husband. Not going to happen. Uh, not going to happen. I'm telling you, Father God is not going to allow that to happen. Listen, I've, I've got a little daughter. And I'm telling you, she's preparing for her future and her destiny. You're gonna, you you want to see the wrath of the Heavenly Father. You mess with her preparation. Of what? Of her preparation, her purity, come on, her integrity, as she's being prepared to be united with whatever the Lord has for her. You've never seen, you have never seen the ways a father will slice and dice you unless you come between him and what he's doing for his family. Him and his son and him, if you want to look at it metaphorically in this sense, between the father and his daughter-in-law. <laughs> if you want to look at it metaphorically like that. Oh, there ain't no demon in hell that's going to vomit on her. There is no demon in hell that's going to touch touch her, man. I tell you, oh, thank and you. Know what? I'm so thankful for that. Oh, man, we have not seen the wrath of the Father like we will when the enemy's trying to come up against uh, the bride of his son. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for it. And so you can see the investment that the Father has in us coming into our glory. That's what's happening, friends. Oh, it's absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, it's 53 minutes. All right, I'm going to have to bring this podcast to a close. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you got something out of it. I hope, I hope you heard something. Hallelujah. And uh, press into this, friends. Uh, I guess this is to be continued because others have parts and pieces to this. There's more revelation on this. I'm endeavoring to receive of it. I pray that you will too. Hallelujah. And you can take what I've given you today and, and, and take it further. Hallelujah. Take it on out to where it need, needs, needs to go. We got to see this. We got to understand it. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, if we can pray for you, call us 870-741-9099. That's 870-741-9099. If you have a prayer request, uh, we got people that would love to connect with you and join their faith with you concerning God's will in that part of your life. Hallelujah. Uh, also want to give a big shout out to those who have financially supported the podcast in some way. Uh, of course, any gift that you may give is tax deductible. Consider that. But uh, listen, it, there's a little bit of cost to, to this. This isn't a pool for money. Hallelujah. But I'm just saying, if you want to participate in that way, we are so thankful. Several ways to do that. If you are in the United States, you can text to give 84321. That's 84321. Follow the prompts. Go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv. That's gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. Several ways that you can do it right there. Or you can snail mail. P.O. Box 7. Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. Hallelujah. Well, listen, if this podcast encouraged you in some way, share it with somebody. Let's get the word out. That's what it's about. And until next time, friends, be blessed.